Welcome to the Docs and Crocs podcast, where we explore the latest happenings in news, culture, and everything in between. Our team of experts and enthusiasts, me being the expert, and I'm the enthusiast, bring you fresh takes on the hottest articles, trends, and pop culture phenomena. From breaking news to the latest viral sensation, we've got you covered. So sit back, relax, and join us as we dive into the world of Docs and Crocs. It. We're live. We're doing it. This is it. Here we are. This is the much anticipated, highly requested, uh, other words to communicate excitement. <laughs> I'm 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 astonished and uh, and humbled to have won whatever poll it was that went out there for people to decide for me to be here again. It was just the social. The social poll. The people demanded the it. The people demand. They they stood on our doorstep and they 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 banged at the latches and they said, "Bring him back." That's. Did you know that there's been a couple popes in history that have been elected not by bishops and cardinals choosing him, but by the acclamation of the people of Rome. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's you, what has happened here. You. Th- that. <laughs> no popes have been al- are sitting in this room right now. This is this was not by election, but sh- s- just by the demand by absolute of the force of will. Yeah, man, you were um, you were a popular guest. Like people just loved that episode. Um, I have to say, like from personally, so I I I pers- I listen to all the episodes. Like after we record them, the morning they go out, I listen to them just to make sure that everything sounds amazing. I'm I'm always the first listen. Does it feel surreal? It does, yeah. It, it especially it's it's a little odd because I laugh at all of the jokes. <laughs> <laughs> I re laugh at everything that was talked about. All right, as if I'm listening to it for the first time. Like it takes me by surprise. I'm like, oh, that's great. Um, oh man, that's great. <laughs> Whoever does this, that they really know man, what they're doing. These guys about. are these guys have good banter. <laughs> um, but the, the the last episode that you were on, the lawyer cast. Uh huh. My wife and I laid in bed and listened to, and she was like out loud laughing. I'm honored to be welcome in your home in such a special way. It it was very special. (laughs) Yeah, she was like hysterical, and she she was like that was the best episode, and I have to agree, it was it was one of the best. So thank you for coming back. It's my pleasure, and thank thank you you for. We're gonna have a great dinner after this. I made you some scratch chicken noodle soup. What's a scratch chicken? It's a. It's specifically a chicken that was killed because it was scratching people. So it's like it's like a rabid dog when it when the dog bites somebody, you have to put it down. Exactly. How many people does a chicken have to scratch before it becomes a scratch? Three chicken? and a half. Three and a half people. Yeah. Is this is this like a is this like a constitutional three fifths compromise kind of half person or is it like half a scratch? It starts and doesn't finish. <laughs> Well, the first, um, the first three people that it scratches, um, you just you just tally them as is. Like, oh, that's a person got scratched. It, okay. You don't count how many scratches. It's okay. just it scratched that person. Okay. It scratched two people, three people. All three of those people have been scratched multiple times. It's on its way. 
the half is as soon as the nails or the the talons make contact, it's done. He's 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 dying. Got Doesn't it. matter how many he could just begin to scratch them, and that's considered a half. Welcome it's, to Soupville, population. Welcome you. to Soupville, and they're usually tastier. It's all that violence in the chicken that really brings out the flavor of the you chicken. You can taste it in the blood. Oh yeah, it had vengeance in it. You know, that's like, right. Yeah, so violent chickens taste better. You heard it here first. Um, Except no substitutes. Yeah, I, I scratch chicken noodle soup. Just I'd made it, you know, from scratch. Thank you. Well, yeah. I scratch chicken noodle soup was a mainstay growing up, okay. and and so when the Costco rotisserie chicken entered our home was a day of much controversy because the raw broiler was no longer going into the stock pot. Well, then I, I well, okay. This is this is a good starting point for discussion. The chicken uh-huh. that is in my scratch chicken noodle soup uh-huh. is a rotisserie chicken. That's fine. <laughs> it's better this way. Please, please don't boil a chicken on my account. <laughs> For me, it just means like I didn't, I didn't get it out of a can. Yeah. Like I chopped and sautéed the vegetables. Yes. This, you know, I poured the. It's a labor in there. of love dissecting a yeah. rotisserie chicken. Oh yeah, I shredded it it's down pork. to its net, down to its nadas, down to its nibblies. Do you are you a skin ons or skin off for soup? So I'm glad you asked, because the soup that you are going to have tonight is going to be so elevated. Ooh. And the way that I elevate my chicken noodle soup is that I remove you, the skin and then you and put then it on I, top of the shelf. I put it in the oven. Uh huh. And like crisp, make skin crisps. Whoa! And then you sprinkle the skin crisps Ooh. onto the soup right before you eat it. That's that's highfalutin. That's it's going to be fantastic. Technique. I was going for the low hanging fruit of elevation. Of you take it and you put it up on a shelf. I see. Thank you. I just the soup is just up high. It's up high. Uh-oh. It's high soup. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is low soup by comparison in the because way that it's have to reach down to put it in the oven. Exactly. It's low soup. Exactly. No, the soup doesn't go in the oven. The, the soup sk- doesn't. The skin. The, the skin. Yeah. Low skin. It's mid soup and low skin. <laughs> <laughs> low skin, high soup makes for mid Pretty scratch. Pretty alright. Pretty alright soup. That's all right. I I you know. I think the worst thing soup can be is pretty all right. I unless it's, you know, the 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 nacho libre like jar of mayonnaise into the Ooh. frijoles. Have you seen nacho libre? I have, but I don't remember the jar of mayonnaise into, <laughs> the, into the beans. So he's uh w- when when he's still cooking before he has lucha libre money, he is making meals for all of the brothers in the monastery. Right. And he has this stock pot of simmering brown fluid. <laughs> and his recipe. Worst description of food. <laughs> and Jack Black's recipe calls for like a ladle and a half of mayonnaise. And it has the perfect. What? When, <laughs> when he scoops it out. Of course, then it's replaced, but you know, he brings out the nice salad bowl for Encarnacion. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. I w- w- is it mayonnaise really that he's putting in there? Because I feel it's, like what it's it's. I feel like what it should have been is like crema, right? Probably. I mean, I just see a giant, gross <laughs> jar of white colloid, and I think that's <laughs> yeah, mayo. Yeah, crema is much looser yeah. than mayo. Yeah. No, this Mayo's is dense, kind of gelatinous. Ooh, it shouldn't be thick. I have to ask because I saw it. Yeah. Is so. 
Is this a rosary or would you consider this a chotki? This is a chotki. I love yeah, that. Yeah, this so is, much. I this, recognized it right away. Yeah. Because um when I was still in the ministry, yes. I would regularly make chotkis. That's that's dope. Because I I was always not always, but mm-hmm. towards the end of my ministering career, I was often teaching about like the Christian mystics yeah. and the desert fathers. Mm-hmm. And so I would hand make chotkis, and then um, I would I would I would hold on to them for a while. Like I would make one, hold on to it for a while. Yeah. And then I would eventually meet someone that I would give it away to. That's awesome. I um, I, this this is the first one that I ever had. Uh, a friend in undergrad gave it to me. I had another one that a priest from Ukraine gave to me when he was here visiting. Mm-hmm. Um, I swapped that one with one of the bailiffs at district court who is Greek Orthodox. Dang. um, His didn't fit me really well and I couldn't tighten it enough to make another loop. And so I think I lost it in a parking lot. Gotcha. And so this is my fallback and I haven't lost it. Very good. Yeah. The, the one thing, so these are, these are knots, right? Those are the the proper knots on there. That's right. Yeah. I, I I think my friend, she found it on Etsy. I could never figure out how to properly tie those knots. Like I would watch. Yeah. Like nuns would make videos on like how to tie those knots. And I'd be like, I cannot tie those knots. You just got to be a nun. Yeah. I I just don't have the, (laughs) I don't have the nun blood. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have that nunnery blood in me. That's right. That's right. You got to. So I would just tie a a type of knot or beads. Yes. Or beads. Yeah. I, uh, I was, we, we rearranged our living room and we brought our bookcase out from the office and I've got a little copy of the biography of St. Anthony the Great by oh, St. Cool. Athanasius. And every time I see it, I think I need to bring that to Ryan because I know he loves Desert Fathers. I was, I'm a loves big... Early, early monasticism, asceticism. It's, it's one of the things that got me in the most trouble in ministry, actually. Ooh. <laughs> One of the things that got me in the most trouble in the Protestant Christian community was my obsession with the Christian mystics and the Desert Fathers. Because I'd talk about it, yeah, and then other like leaders in ministry would be like, "Why are you talking about that so much? Like that? Why are you doing that? That that rhymes with things before the 16th century." Yeah. So, <laughs> I yeah, I, I remember. Um, I won't get too much. In, I, I'm not sure. going to get too much into this sure. just because it's a it's a it's a deep topic. But I um, you don't do those here. <laughs> I'm careful about because <laughs> I'm a very passionate guy. That's wise. And I can go. I can get. Um, yeah, come out. Come out. Buy us a <laughs> cup of coffee and a pint, and we'll, Ooh, we'll both talk. of those things. Yeah, At the, take your uppers with your downers. <laughs> I used to be an associate pastor of a church years ago. Yeah. And um, the senior pastor who had hired me came into one of the services while I was talking about the Christian mystics. Yeah. And he just heard me say the word mysticism. Yeah. And like fired me a week later. Whoa. Yeah. (laughs) Was there a conversation? Like I heard you say the word mysticism and I tallied it 12 times during the rest of your message. Well, what's funny is he, 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 what he said was like, I don't think the people that you're talking to are ready for that. 
And my argument was the people that I'm talking to are, are the people that I've been discipling for like over a year. Okay. Like I've built up to this. Yeah. I wasn't just like mysticism. Did you know that there were people who left everything, their families to go live in communities in the middle of the Sinai desert? And Preposterous. <laughs> Preposterous. I mean, we were, we were Day just... Day one. The, the whole, the service that we were doing at the time, I mean, that was the whole point. The whole point was we wanted to have a service for people who either went to regular Sunday services but wanted something more like in community or people yeah. who maybe wouldn't come to a Sunday service, but they would come to a Thursday night. Right. And so we would have this. And I mean, we were doing things like one of the things that I think we got some backlash for was baptizing people in the rain, hmm. which they were like, you can't do that. And we were like, because hmm. we had one night, it was like pouring rain. Like we yeah. were in the middle of a service. It was pouring rain. Um, not like regular New Mexico rain where it dribbles yeah. for like a minute. It was yeah. like drenching raining. Yeah. And monsoon. we had like, we had this one girl who was like, I want to be baptized. Uh huh. And we didn't have like a tank of water. Right. So we we're like, let's just bring her out into the rain and lay hands on her. That's. And you know. That's fa I mean, the, the form is correct. You are, you're using war, you're using water and not Sprite or. Right. Other. And, and what Paul in the Didaki, what he wrote, which mm -hmm. a lot of people I don't think either know about the Didache or read it. Yeah. But I, what, I always heard it as Didache. Is it Didache? I, I always said I, Didache. I could be co totally wrong. I, we'll have to I'm check. I'm definitely not as yeah. Catholic as you are, so. Well. <laughs> <laughs> um, I So in, in that, and, and there's speculation over what it, you know, how accurate it is, what, what it really was, but mm -hmm. a lot of people believe that it was Paul it's, writing to... It's kind of to, a manual. Yeah. Like to the to non-Jews on like how to do service stuff. Right, right. And he writes uh, in there, he says, when you baptize, right. you should baptize in cold running water. Right. Unless you can't. That's literally what he says. Baptize in cold running water, unless you can't. Unless there isn't cold running mm -hmm. water, then just whatever water you got. Mm -hmm. So we were like, well, it's cold and it's moving. Let's just bring her out there. And it was it was an amazing experience for this for this and for a couple other people who are you know yeah because you know everybody's laying hands on them and and it's like crazy thunder and lightning and they're just in you know in creation just like right. receiving yeah uh, anyway so there was stuff like that That's, that was very just like wow. we would teach scripture but then it was like let's also have like a mystical mm -hmm. experience with God where He touches you in a way that maybe you know isn't super orthodox or whatever wow anyway. So, Chalkies. Th there you go. <laughs> so, Chalkies, that's right. It, the, in Greek, Aren't it's... In Kombuskini? Kombuskini in oh Greek. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I can't believe I just remembered that. Yeah. Kombuskini. Yeah. I liked that name better just because it's funner to say. It's a lot of syllables. Yeah. More syllables is more better. It makes me think of... Um, is it the sand people in Star Wars? Mm -hmm. So, whenever I'd say it, I'd go, Kombuskini. Oh, <laughs> well, there's the sand people and there's Jawas. Jawas. It's the yeah. Jawas. Yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. The sand people are the... Well, those are, yeah, Tusken Raiders. Tusken Raiders. Well, I think... Are they all different species? Well, I guess they're all sand people. They are different species because the Jawas are little dudes. Yeah. And they work with machines and, I guess, run a pawn shop on wheels. And they're not as combative. No. They're and more the, the, merchant-oriented. Yeah. And the Tusken Raiders... The Tuskens are very combative. Yeah. Very more, territorial. More... Uh, pillage and raid yeah yeah but I, I i guess when i think about it i'm like what i call a tuscan raider are they the sand people or is it like there's all the sand people and they're broken into groups see i think the line is 
Ben Kenobi says this these are the marks of sand people. Or excuse me, no, these aren't the marks of sand people. They move in single file so as to hide their numbers. These mm. are the footprints of Imperial stormtroopers. And I, I would have thought that he was oh, so that would have been Tuscan Raiders then, because they're yes. trying to figure out who who did who, who committed took, this at, at yeah. you know, atrocity. Yeah, who killed who killed Uncle Owen. Yeah. So, I always okay. thought her is it Aunt Peru, like the country Peru? Baru. It's Baru. It's Baru. I never Yeah, Owen out. and Baru. I never figured out what her name was. Oh my gosh. You just just now? I, yeah, I thought it was like We've the, had a breakthrough. I thought it was like the country <laughs> in South America. Peru. With Machu Picchu. Yeah. I'm sure there are plenty of names that I'm to this day absolutely botching. Yeah. yeah. I'm I'm still the guy like I I I catch myself sometimes when I sing old songs around my wife uh-huh. because she's going to point out the fact that I'm saying the words completely wrong. <laughs> the words that I've never like, old, like there's definitely like old Rihanna songs that like I'll remember from like 2009 I can totally or relate. whatever. And then, and then she's like, is that what you think she was saying? <laughs> is that what you think she said? And I'm said? like, dang it, dang it. I made the biggest mistake of my life. Lyric, lyric genius poisoned the well for everyone. No one will ever have to play fill in the blank. No. I was the guy that was, um, I, would, I would print out lyrics Ooh. to songs and keep them in my backpack. Nice. And then like at school, instead of like doing my work, I'd be reading over lyrics and memorizing them. I was the cool kid, Casey. Too cool. I was very cool. Literally too cool for school. <laughs> he was not he was cool enough for lyrics though. And then like on the bus home, I'd be like, you know, nailing every word of an Eminem song and Ooh. be like, whoa. Rap the whole verse. Yeah, and I'd really just have it in my backpack. <laughs> <laughs> Got one over on these suckers. That's right. That's right. So what what's going on in your life recently? What what has happened in your life since the last time we had you on the cast? Uh, I became an an international traveler for the second time in my life. Whoa! My the first time I walked across the bridge of the Americas from El Paso to Juarez um, when I was in third grade, like two thousand and two, two thousand three. Wait, that sounds like a huge deal. Is it a huge deal or is that like a, is no, it like a little bridge? No, I mean, the, the bridge is huge. It's The traffic is backed up for miles. It was a miserable experience as, oh. a, as an eight-year-old. <laughs> I'm sure, okay. It, or uh, I think it was nine or ten. But no, we, um, we, we um, my, my wife, my soon-to-be two-year-old son, and my mother and father-in-law, we all got on a plane to Spain. Oh. And we spent... About five days in Spain, and then we spent about a week and a half in Rome. And oh no way! Yes, just recently, uh, end of April. Okay. Yeah. So we, I, I saw Europe for the first time. It's incredible. I highly recommend it. Okay. Um, whatever you can do to make it happen, I, uh, I, I learned a valuable lesson about just how ruthless and cutthroat discount airlines are oh so there's a ho- there's a whole s- slew of them in europe um i'm gonna bring these the mo uh ryan air is the big name out I'm there i'm sorry when i when i founded it i didn't realize that i want you to know <laughs> no this ryan is air. i uh <laughs> this this was me counting on the benevolence of a of an airline company which 
makes its killing on fees because the airfares are so cheap. So we booked a flight to go from Barcelona to Rome. Okay. And it's a 6 a.m. flight. Fun. Word of the wise, if you're in Barcelona and need to get back to the airport before 6 a.m., the metro does not run. You have to take a taxi. So I found Good out know. Good to know. when I wa- when we got to the steps to go back down to the metro, which is incredible. The transit system in Europe is phenomenal. I oh. if 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 there was a way to have the high quality, incredibly clean subway system of Barcelona just picked up and dropped into America, I would pay whatever price. Wow. You ask. It was so easy to get around. I loved it. I didn't. We didn't think twice about renting a car. I never thought I would hear that about public transportation of any kind. And, and that's and that's the thing, right? You you ride the buses around Albuquerque, or you see, you know, the kind of unhinged humanity <laughs> in. Yeah. in on you, social you media. You see the congregations That's of right. the bus stops. That's yeah. right. Of the bus stops and of, you know, major cities, subway systems. And you think, wow, I'm so glad I have a car. Yeah. I can oh, lock yeah. the doors. And but, now and now the buses are free. Yeah. Here, which is like yeah. attracts even more. You know, very, very interesting that the American transit system is not invested in making you pay for some kind of an experience it's just Mm. if there's a bus you know some people need it because they you know medically they may not be able to drive a car Mm -hmm. they might be able to afford it so you lower the barrier to entry as much as possible right well what that then does is that one, you don't have any money to maintain buses right. and, or even to have a financial deterrent for people who are essentially abusing the bus system. Right. Right. I, my first, eh, my first year and a half of undergraduate, I, I got on the bus over at Cibola High School and I rode it 40 minutes to UNM and that, you know, Eventually, I just started driving myself because I wasn't waking up in the morning anymore. Yeah. Um, but it it was great. It was just a bus load full of other students. Um, so, you know, you really don't have to worry about being kind of stuck in an uncomfortable or unsafe situation mm-hmm. with somebody who may not be completely present in their mind. Yeah. Um, and, you know, may respond to you however they think they should respond to you. So in, in Europe, I mean, it's um, it didn't feel expensive mm-hmm. to get on the to get on the subway or on the bus. Um, the nice thing was that uh, a ticket for one bought your ticket for both. Oh, so, yeah. Um, so you would basically you kind of buy your passes. I imagine you live there. You buy them by the month. Maybe you buy them by the quarter. Uh, we'd buy them by like four or five days and it would be like eh, let's say 32 33 dollars a person oh yeah okay um but it was just it was it was clean it smelled nice i mean you get jam-packed with people and you know you got a bunch of college kids or high school kids the we we got off we got on the train from the airport to go into the city in barcelona and there's there's 
14 year olds sucking face like they're trying to <laughs> like they're trying to pull the other person's esophagus out through their mm. mouth yeah mm. it they were pretty unabashed got it um there's a lot of romance in other countries i i, I on that was the only <laughs> one i saw on transit which was so unapologetic <laughs> but i guess uh, that's the trade-off right um i think i would rather um, I'd rather watch face sucking than watch someone do fentanyl on the bus. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a worthy trade. If I had to pick one, that's worth thirty bucks. Yeah, uh, yeah. But 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 no. Part of that is you you do pay for someone who's going to clean and maintain and right. um, a very another very European thing was cameras everywhere. On the okay. corners of buildings, at major intersections, huh. and not even just traffic cameras, but you know, like you'd see in a do 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 in a supermarket, um, you know, the the Walmart camera that has a little box around your yeah. face, and you think, huh, uh, that's that's and that's just out and about. That's right, just general surveillance. Yeah, yeah. So I, th- I go I go back and forth on whether or not. And this this could be a whole thing, but I, I go back and forth on whether or not I'm a an advocate of that, like whether or not I, because it is on one hand, I think having those kind of checks yeah. in public, like here, there's so many things happening on the streets that you're just like, how is that just happening outside? Right. Like, what is going on? Right. Um, and so it is. It's like having those checks. Sometimes I think would be a good thing. At the at, on the other hand, though, I am definitely of the subscription that being surveilled more is not necessarily something I want personally. Right, right. You have you have no assurances that the people who have your face, your your movements, right, your habits, are going to use them for benevolent purposes. Right. So I, I'm 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 very back and forth when it comes to technology and its role this is actually one of the things that i wanted to talk about so i'm yeah it's it's, i'm glad that you brought this up excellent segue did you plan this i didn't plan it because i had no idea that you were going to talk about the cameras in uh europe yes um so oh but i'll i will say this uh brianna's uncle wants us to go to rome with him go um yeah so we're talking about it because he well he wants to make a documentary Oh, he's like working on a. Um, I'm so sorry, listener land <laughs> for whoever had to hear me smash that water bottle. College college student slams the can <laughs> on his head with the mic. Um, you could just drop it. It's, All right. Yeah, I'll get it. I'll get it afterwards. Um, but he wants to make a documentary. So he's he's Catholic. Yeah. And he does a lot of studying. Like it's just like his whole thing is just like studying and every time we see him he's always talking about what he's studying yeah and he's really wanted to go to rome like he bought himself a camera and like that lens and is like been talking about, i want to make this documentary he makes youtube videos um we like really helped him to like get started making youtube videos and you know he's kind of kept going with that and wants yeah. to go to rome and like he's like yeah i want to film the vatican and i want to it it yeah. is it is an it is an incredible experience i i I've been to D.C., Philadelphia. I've never mm-hmm. done Boston. Um, I've been to Jamestown, Virginia. Um, I've been to Williamsburg. Um, you know, you're, I've never really done Alexandria. Um, but I've been to, 
you know, historic Gettysburg, other American Man, you're an historic. I, I, I like <laughs> to think that this is one of the perks that comes with growing up in a military family gotcha. and having, I think that my penchant for or obsession with military history and militaria, um, I think I just inherited from my dad. Gotcha. Um, and so, you know, you move around all over, you get a few opportunities to go see some places. Yeah. But Rome, European history, it's, a, th this is on another caliber, right? You can turn any city block in Rome and instantly walk into a church, which is over 600 years old, which was commissioned to be built by the Duke of vice prince so-and-so yeah. and you know this is where this cardinal is buried and this duchess is buried and their tombs are are just there on the other side of the grate and it's kind of uncanny and overwhelming yeah um i i, I wonder sometimes i I'm getting away from what I thought I was going to bring up but I'll, yes. I'll get there in a second but I, on that topic I wonder sometimes why things in the Americas feel kind of temporary mm. like it is like when you go to other countries it feels like there's like these crazy historical yes you know things feel like they stood for longer right and here it just feels like do we just keep bulldozing over everything and rebuilding like there's like there are places you mentioned yeah. if you, there are places where there's some history yeah um, but like, yeah, you, it, that's not everywhere. It's like, there's so many places where everything is very temporary. Businesses are constantly just cycling out and becoming something else. You're not going to turn a corner and see a, it, anything crazy. Rome is especially good at this because the stone, I mean, the stone streets you're on are the Imperial streets. Right. Like that. Like, you, oh my you gosh, walk we pave a, a road and you got to fix it in like, Two years. That's right. I mean, you walk past obelisks with Caesar Augustus carved yeah. into the bottom on the other side from the hieroglyphics. It's, it's. I mean, you, you see buildings which have watched empires come and go. And like I said, you walk into a church that's older than some of the first Anglo colonists in mm -hmm. North America. Yeah. It's, um, so I, I think, I think it's probably, it's, it is a it is a virtue of of scale, mm -hmm. you know. There's nothing I I can't maybe um, the the basilica in D.C. Um, the 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 National Shrine of the Immaculate Conception um, comes close to capturing a church which gives the sense of looking up into heaven yeah. the way something like baroque and especially St. Peter's Basilica does but it's 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 unbelievable and and everything you're walking into is is functionally a museum which also yeah. makes it kind of conf gives you a conflicted feeling cuz you know we're there we we went on a Sunday okay. um to St. Peter's Basilica yeah. which being catholic or going to experience the rites of the church in Europe is kind of a cheat code um, <laughs> I, I went to confession in the cathedral, the like 11th, 10th, 11th, 12th century cathedral of Barcelona wow. in Spanish because I wanted to go see the cathedral and I thought, well, you got to buy tickets for most places. Uh, St. Peter's, you don't, you just got to stand in a really long line unless I'm going to mass and there's a oh. special separate line. For you, 
Okay. Which will be to the chagrin of the people in the huge long line who show up right next to you at the security. So, so, so it's kind of a, um, it's kind of an incentive to convert. You should, you should, (laughs) you should be Catholic. That's kind of, kind of an incentive. You're in the wrong line. (laughs) You're in the wrong line. I don't know what to tell you. It's this long. (laughs) The line. I'm trying trying to relate it to wide and narrow and yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, so um, (laughs) you. the the I had the best gelato I've ever had across the street from a church, the Church of St. Andrew. Another reason built, to convert. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> built in like fifteen fifteen eighty. I mean, it's it, it's disorienting sure. trying to put the, the the modern next to the these things which have not just the buildings, you know, that have stood the test of time. Um, but Europe, Europe is, it is, it is a different place. It does have a different feeling. Um, I was thoroughly impressed. Everybody talks about the, about the food and I'll just be another lame white yuppie. (laughs) The food is really great there. That's enough to make me go. It is, it is a caliber all of its own. I mean, Rome itself, you can go to a restaurant rated by, Pick a magazine, pick a famous international publication. Every other block. Yeah, I mean it's it's serious stuff. And but there's also excellent food, just just everywhere you go. I mean, we would pop into little cafes and get a little, you know, get a little sandwich with some, you know, I mean, the grocery stores would pull a Parma ham off the hook, and this isn't like. Mm. Oh, we went into the mm. countryside and this old... No, no, no. This was a chain grocery store with these authentic Parma hams hanging up. Like, how, how much do you want? And we'd you have it over your eggs. Incredible. Just I, Standard. That's the thing. So we're, we're touching a couple of things when it comes to like... Like America... Try, like I think... I can't speak for America, but I'm going to speak for just what I think. Ryan speaks for America. Let me speak he on is the voice of the Americas real fast. <laughs> I shouldn't say the Americas. South America's like, hey, shut up. Let me speak for the U.S. real quick. I, I feel like we pride ourselves in like advancement. That's, but, that's very true. But not quality. Like when you, yeah, it's like you go to other countries and like, like okay, I saw a video the other day of a guy. And I don't remember what country he was in, but he had an accent and, you know, everything around him looked like it wasn't That here, so. one country with the accent. He was he was elsewhere. Yeah. And um, he was like, you know, I'm going to show you how to break down this chicken. And he pulls out this chicken, and the chicken was so yellow. Like this chicken, this raw yes. chicken was so, like, yellow. Yes. And I was just like, people in the comments were like, our chickens don't look like that. Yeah. Like, there was just so much, like, nutrition in this chicken. Yes. And I was like, our chickens are so pale. Yeah. Our chickens are pale. Their eggs are pale. Everything's very pale. We're pale. Everything's pale. <laughs> Everything's pale, and we have a lot of technology. Right. So, but then, you know, like you're saying, you know, you go somewhere else, and there is, there's like, you're going to pay a little bit more for public transportation, but it's going to be clean. But you're not paying car insurance. It, oh. it, especially if, if you lived in a major city, which may or may not attract some people, because we also got to see... Um, the Spanish countryside and the Italian countryside at 
breathtaking gorgeous. I mean, go go look up pictures of the countryside of Assisi. Go look up the photographs I'll of put, Montserrat. I'll put little snapshots right please, here in the video. Yeah, please get a photo of the cloud-wreathed summit of mm. Montserrat beside this monastery. I mean, it's stunning. I I thought it's everywhere you look, it's a postcard. Yeah, it's it's astonishing. But the where was I going with this? We were talking about chickens. Oh yes, yes, yes. So you mentioned if, car insurance. That's right, car insurance. So if you you could live in the city and just rely exclusively on public transit, and mm -hmm. I don't think you would think twice about it. Okay. Um, you but you could absolutely live in the countryside and maybe you have a car to go and be able to get to some other small town. I don't know. Maybe yeah. you need it for work. Um, but I, you know, these trains, these train stations go and they reach all the way out into the hinterlands. And you, you, I think you could live a pretty functional life without a car. Now, is that what you want? Maybe not. You know, I but if you do have a car, yeah. you're not required to have car insurance. No, excuse me. I, I meant if you didn't have a car at all, oh, then I, you I would say then you, you would just simply save yourself. Got it. Got it. Got it. I thought maybe like they just ran on the honor system. Like that's right. If you bump into me with your car, you're gonna pay for it. That's right. Are no, we good? Yeah, we're good. I have I have no clue how that. How, no. I I didn't see any duels in the street, but I also didn't see any car accidents. So is that. I, I feel like I heard we talked about this last time. We talked about like laws yes. in different places. I Dueling feel like is still illegal in New Mexico. Illegal? Ill illegal, yeah. It's I think in Texas, yes. it is it is legal to settle a dispute fisticuffs. Really? Yeah. If as you, long as both people agree to it. If you it. consent to it. Yeah, like if both people say we're gonna go outside and we're gonna beat each other up to settle this, as long as you don't kill the other person or like cause them like mortal injury. It's okay. Wow. Like, nobody can press charges. That's incredible. Yeah, you just got to have a witness. Somebody has to say, like, yeah, these guys agreed to beat the crap out of each other, and they did it. Wow. So, back to the surveillance thing. Yes. We're talking about cameras and surveillance. There was a um, there was an article. So, this was a claim that was then verified by Amazon. And okay. And you'll see why that's important in a second. A man who had a smart home. Hey, which, Alexa, is yeah. the FBI listening to yeah, me right careful. now? Yeah, careful. She's out there. I turn off the mic all the time. So this man that has this smart home, which if you don't know, a smart home just means you have a lot of smart devices. Your Most of your life is run by, yeah, either Alexa or Bigsby or Siri or whoever. Uh, but he was running on Amazon, a lot of Amazon devices. He's got the, the, the Amazon doorbells and lights and locks and yes. all that stuff. He was not home. He had ordered a package and one of the, uh, a, an Amazon delivery person uh, came to deliver his package and had headphones on while doing d the delivery. Yes. And this guy had set his doorbell to like have those like auto responses. Like you can set your doorbell to like automatically talk when somebody right, walks up to right. your door. And so this guy came, rang the doorbell, and the doorbell said like, hello, how can I help you? But the guy wearing the headphones, for some reason, decided that he had actually heard like racial slurs through the doorbell. So he went and complained to his superiors yes. that this home in particular had, the guy had like said racial slurs to him, and Amazon shut down all of his smart devices, which completely locked him out of his home. 
So the guy comes home and cannot get in his house. All of his devices, everything that he's trying to do on his phone, he can't get into his home. He can't turn anything on. He can't unlock his doors. He's completely locked out of his house for being accused of being racist. Yes. And he had to like go through all of these steps to like talk to the people at Amazon to eventually to get the corporate blessing to go into his, his own home. home. Yeah. And then, um, and then Amazon came out because this was news. And then Amazon came out and verified this. They were like, "Yeah, this this really did happen." Um, and yeah, I mean, it was just realized later because the guy had the video once everything was turned back yes. on. He had the video, yes. and he was like, "My doorbell said hello. How can I help you?" Yes. So <laughs> this <laughs> we are getting very close to like dystopian level like um social score yeah type you could just you could lose access to your livelihood if you're accused of doing the wrong thing i mean arguably it's already there there's just not a visible number assigned to it right that, that right a, a third party can make a judgment call about what access you are permitted That's to have crazy. to the things which you should already own there's a uh, we, it, interesting you say that there was a guy on the train who was from the states uh writing to montserrat with us and he was a computer engineer mm -hmm. and he said i have manual locks i have a manual thermostat i have a smartphone i have no smart hub alexa mm -hmm. google home nest whatever you call it i have as few of, i have as many analog features as I can possibly have. Yeah. Because every device that you are connecting back to your home network, to which all of your other things are connected, to which your phone is connected, creates a point of vulnerability. Oh, yeah. Because if you are able to compromise that device, which is connected to that system, how much further can you infiltrate into that system? So there's a saying, no, every, every computer engineer has a deadbolt and mm. that's because every, every time you th there's a, always a there's always an arms race between yeah. security and and hacking or in in network infiltration right the, somebody is going to be doing their computer science their computer engineering phd on how to break into your google home right because Somewhere out there, there is go there is one, Amazon and Google, I'm sure, will pay very good money for somebody to come in and say, oh, yeah. here is how I would break into this. Well, great. Fix it. Yeah. I've, I've thought about going into like ethical hacking just so that, I mean, just so that you can go and talk to big companies, yeah. hack into their everything and then show it to them and be like, yes. here's what you need to fix. The Ethical, it's a very cool job. Ethical technology, especially now. I was uh, just listening to uh, uh, another podcast, Catholic Stuff You Should Know. They were talking about specific about um, ChatGPT and AI, mm -hmm. and their the the group that made the documentary, The Social Dilemma. Oh yeah. About the way algorithms are affecting people's interests, freaking their their beliefs. I'm so anti-algorithm. Uh, uh, <laughs> I want to go back to like you do something interesting online and people see it and are interested by it, and so they share. Word of mouth spreads it. it. Like, yeah, ugh. yeah. It's ugh. um, 
so th- what is it like i think it's called the center for humane technology wow are talking th- so they're the ones that came out with that documentary the social okay. dilemma um and are talking about how one we are creating but we're we're you know the the ai everybody's afraid of well it's going to be skynet and it's going to be self-aware but maybe the bigger question is what what are we going to allow ai to do because mm-hmm. um one one of the examples that was discussed on on this episode w- was about instances during the cold war when a man had to make the call to push the button where all of the circumstances in his instructions were correct to push the button but he didn't because yeah. he had a second thought. Oh, I think I know ex- the story you're talking about. Right. There's a there's a couple of them. The one that they were uh, talking. There's there's one. It's the guys with, on the sub, right? Yes. And there's like yes. There's, it, it takes like the the captain and yes. this other guy had to agree. Yes. That we're gonna launch these because they didn't know what was happening. Yes. They thought that on the surface that war had begun. Correct. So they're like, well, then we need to launch our nukes. Yes. But if they had, they would have started the war that, that they thought was correct. happening. But correct. because of that one guy making the decision to not fire the missiles. He like saved humanity. Correct, and there's uh, there was another scenario where a Soviet radar operator um, was essentially getting pings off of an object which mimicked the movements of an ICBM, mm-hmm. and he was basically the man who was in charge to start giving orders down the line of prep the warheads for launch yeah. and begin the nuclear volley. ICBMs, for those who don't know, are intercontinental ballistic missiles. There you go. There you go. Um, I feel really cool right now. Lay, <laughs> I play a lot of Call of Duty. Lay, <laughs> lay that knowledge on <laughs> I get my I get my historical and military knowledge exclusively from Call Ex- of Duty. Exclusively from the duty. There you go. But yeah, so so yeah, but but I, I see where you're going. It's like, but how much of that are we gonna hand over to an algorithm Correct. that's gonna make those types of decisions. And I mean, I've already heard, I mean, Elon has already, cause he, he had a hand in, in chat GPT. Mm. Um, and the other, I, there was another guy who I think had a hand. There's been a lot of disagreements about whether or not like, shocking. Do we need to put more limitations on this? Or I, I mean, I heard, I heard one guy who was like really big. I, I wish I had better names. I wish I had was like, you know, Rogan and get I had you, my laptop out, you yeah. know, and I could reference all these things. But pull up that video, Jamie. There's been, yeah, please. <laughs> I'm looking for a teenage intern. Um, <laughs> but w- there's been, t- you know, where w- I heard a name, and it was like, yeah, this guy like regrets creating this, regrets yes. starting this, because it's like, yeah, like what have I? And it reminds me of the, in a way, in yes. a way, it reminds me of the Oppenheimer, like. I am become death. Sure. Like, what have I created? What have I done? Sure. What have I put into motion? Sure. Now that I see how quickly it's right, it's moving. Right, because ultimately these things are just tools. Right. 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 The gun doesn't kill anybody. Exactly. It is a tool which its wielder makes decisions with. And one of the problems with our fixation and just kind of chewing on what the um what father john nepple and um deacon jacob and father sean were talking about on this you know, episode i was listening those guys. to those because you all know <laughs> um, i'm i i just want to give credit what, where credit's due yeah um, are talking about is that we are 
fixated on progress. The next yeah. best thing is always what is best. There is no moral judgment about yeah. whether or not this is good for the human condition. And so there's this presumption that we simply need to continue to innovate as far as we can. And now we're realizing that we have created this tool, this instrument, AI, this computer to process and make these connections and analyze information at such a high speed. But, but it's been constructed from a framework of man is no different than an animal that man ha there is there's no the 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 ethical underpinning the moral kind of lattice or bones have been pulled out from it yes and so now it's the what what they were talking about on this episode was essentially saying this is actually a, a very fascinating moment of self-reflection for the technocrats mm -hmm. of oh poop we've created this system which is processing and developing um systems faster than we ever thought it would um and now we have to think about ethics i think I, so often we and this is this is how i see things being created which mm -hmm. i i i sometimes boggles me yeah is let's make something really powerful yes and then have to put limitations on it right let's create something ridiculous and now we have to run after it it's like i i don't know it's like raising uh it's like not raising a dog like yeah, having a dog right. and not raising it and then letting it loose in the park and then having to go chase after it and try to muzzle it before it bites somebody. Yeah. Instead of like, no, before the dog ever leaves the house, we're going to build in these safeguards. What, you, you just mentioned um, like technological scientific dogma. Yeah. And I, I, I it pulled this up because it's crazy. I was literally looking at this at like two in the morning like nice. today. Um, have you ever heard of Rupert Sheldrake? Never. So... It's so cool. Rupert Sheldrake, if you haven't heard uh, of him, uh, just go check out his videos um, and, and his talks. But he he does um, he did a banned TED Talk. He did a TED Talk that later was removed. Scrubbed, yeah. Um, but it's, it's out there. You can find it. And it was called Exposing Scientific Dogma. Yeah. And as soon as he started, he listed 10 things. And as soon as he listed them, it like did something in my mind. I right. was like, holy crap. Right. We do, you, do all think those things. Like, What were those assumptions? Um, I, I'm not going to remember all of them. Sure. But one of the ones that he said that I was just like, oh my gosh, is he was like, he's like, most of the learned scientific community is of this agreement that all of your thoughts are just, are in your head. Right. That your, that your mind is in your head. Your brain is your soul. You don't have a soul which is not material. Right. He was like, like you're, he's like, you're, th they're all of the assumption of the agreement that your thoughts and your feelings are just inside of your head and therefore do not affect the world outside of your head because they're just in your head. Right. And he's like, but there's, he's like, when you actually apply the scientific method to that idea, it breaks down so quickly. Right. And he just used the, um, 
he just used the the simple example like you can feel when somebody is looking at you. Yes. And that has been proven time and time and time over. Yes. And he's like, then so so then your thoughts are not just stuck inside of your head. Right. The things that you think and feel do reach out. He said, I am of the belief that when you look at the stars, that some part of your thoughts reach out and touch those stars. And I just thought that was really fascinating. Yes. Um, there were there were a couple other ones that I, I I'm not I'm not gonna remember right now, but he was he was just talking about yeah, like we just have these things that we've all kind of we've all agreed on because the learned scientific community has said this is just the truth. Yeah, he's like, but all of those things you can apply the scientific method to, and very quickly a lot of it comes into question. Right, right, and even even the assumption that ultimately this is all just matter. Right, that, that was another that, one. That your thought that was that, another right, one. That your th- there, you have no thoughts. You have no human experience, That's exactly. which is separate from you know the whole idea about being a brain in a jar. That was, right? and that's why I brought that up. That's yes. exactly because he said they're all of the agreement that we are just machines. Yes, that we are animals, and animals are just machines. And so even yeah, your thoughts and your emotions are just it's just matter that's that's moving around. Right, and he's like, but that's not. Necessarily right. the case. Like, right. Why do I think about the things that I think about? Right. Why do I ask? Why do I think about these things? Why does self-awareness fit into the puzzle of I am chemicals and electrical impulses? Right. Yeah. So I, so Rupert Sheldrake. All right. Is a guy, and I'm, I'm and I'm saying that I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of putting my my suggestion out there without knowing too much more than what I listen to at two in the morning. Which is a great time to be introduced to new ideas. We're here to pitch you banned TED Talks from <laughs> our 2 a.m. YouTube binges. Have you seen those pins? There's pins at bookstores that say, like, I read banned yes, books. Yes, yes. So I'm going to be the, I, I listen to banned TED Talks. We, we watch banned TED Talks. I don't know. I'm just very, like, and I, I this kind of goes back to even, like, mysticism. Like, even right. when I think about, when you think about in, in the public sphere, Science and religion so often find them ta- themselves at like war with each other in in like the common person's mind. Yes. Or conversation, but they imitate it each it other. It wasn't always that way. No, they imitate each other in the way that they hate, in mm. the way that they they imitate each other in the way that they um, restrict. Because in the uh, religious community, as was my experience, as soon as I started to talk about like the mystical aspect of knowing God, mm-hmm. that was like, whoa, 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 stop. Yeah, and in that's the same transgressive. Way, in the same way, in, if, you're a, if you're a scientific-minded person, as soon as you start to go into like quantum physics or metaphysics or like the idea that things are not so black and white and everything's not just trapped inside your head. People yeah. be like, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. Or what was it? They uh, they shut down, they, they banned his TED Talk. Ted TEDx or whatever came out and said, we don't want to condone anything that moves into the realm of pseudoscience. That ah. was that. And so it was just like, but the whole point of TED, in my mind, was to hear ideas that maybe otherwise you wouldn't hear. Right. Like, I think that's that is... To me, the backbone of society, which in many ways, and I won't go into it too much, in many ways I think is like one of the biggest problems in America right now Mm. and in the world, is that, you know, a hundred years ago, 
to be an educated person right. meant I'm going to go sit in a lecture by a person who I do not agree with because I want to have a better argument. I want to hear my own ideas broken down. I want to be challenged. I want to be uncomfortable. I want to have a reason to think about why I think what I think. Yes. And nowadays it's like, well, if somebody disagrees with me, we need to picket that person and make sure that they can't speak. Right. But it's like, no, edu- to be educated was to sit at a table with other people who thought differently than you right. and have conversations with them. Be like, hey, I-, I honor you as a thinker, but I want you to disagree with me so that we can become better thinkers. Yes. That was to be educated. But now to be educated is, no, I'm going to think one way. And if you disagree with me, you need to be banned and silenced and... And I, I just think that's such a breakdown. And that happens in the science community and in the religious community. A very interesting point to that note was, mm. again, listening to these three Catholic clerics talk about AI and yeah. the response from the college professors of the world has been, well, people are just going to cheat. Well, right. why is what you teach so easily imitatable that an AI, which is trained almost 50%, I, the number that they were throwing out is 40%. So I haven't looked further into this, so I'll stick with that. 40% on Wikipedia. Why, <laughs> if I ask it to write, write me a paper about the, about the origins of the universe, will it create something which is indistinguishable from the ideas which... I could sit in your class and get talked at to me for right. a semester. It is essentially Wikipedia. I, 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 I would argue that it's exactly, but it is. It's essentially whatever information was available with, with ChatGPT. It's whatever information like was loop. available. I know I, this is a this is a church learned thing is it this is a preach this is a preacher learned thing this is because if you're pacing back and forth yeah. across the stage you could accidentally pull your cord out right but as long as you've got that extra loop you won't you won't that's a good technique your i like that <laughs> uh hint uh tips from a retired preacher <laughs> but it is it's a essentially wikipedia whatever information on what, what what others would consider to be educational information right and then chat gpt also learns Every time you talk to it, every right. individual person that talks to it, it learns how they talk. It, it's not necessarily getting new information from you, right? Except your information, right. what information you feed it. I'm my name's so and so, and I'm this old, and blah blah blah. But it is. It's just it's learning how to talk to you, right? To better communicate ideas to you, right? Based on the same information that the entire internet has access to. Yes. Yes. So I I yeah, it's I don't know. It I, I think I think because we are as a I mean specifically in the US, I, I, I see it happening in the if we do talk about like, you know, Canada, the US, Mexico, there's kind of this trifecta going on of like we're gonna think one way and, you know, be one way. But there is this like breakdown of it, it, it's like I, I, I can't learn anything new if you're going to learn anything new or think a different way yes you immediately become a fringe person yeah like I just want I'm like who 
hundred years from now, like who's gonna whose name, you know, who's gonna be the great discoverer of anything? You know, it's just yeah. like you had all these thinkers, like I don't know, like history was like made out of thinkers. Right. And I just feel like what is our our blip of history gonna be if we can't have thinkers? It's almost yeah. like you're not allowed to think too much. Yeah. You know, don't think too much, don't don't have too many new ideas. You know, don't be too eclectic or right, right. You know, just just think here. Just think like this. Right. Historical Those, interpretation is only is only limited to the to the theories that we've given you in the last four decades. And I guess uh, some someone might say to me like, "Don't think you're so special that you live in this special time in history where this new thing is happening." I mean, people were you know burned in the town square for having you know new faith ideas or you know, hey, people can read the Bible for themselves. You know, kill them. You know, I, those things happened. Like there were you, you know, you were throughout history. There were people that thought a little bit differently and then were, you know, destroyed for it. I just feel like or became a, or became immensely successful. Or or yeah, I, in my mind though, I feel like so many. I mean, yeah, there were like if I think about like you know Socrates or yes, you know, th- that's true. Those thinkers. True. Um, yeah, so I mean, I guess specifically talking about science, it feels like science of a hundred years ago was thinking and now it feels like science is you better think this way and i i I don't know i don't know if i'm right about that but it it feels that way there's also been a going back to the kind of trying to get a leash back on this untrained dog yeah that now ethics and morality are no longer considered schools of science. They're not schools of thought. I mean, a thousand years ago, these were, I mean, you learned the order of sciences. Others were, others served others' purposes. I mean, ultimately, the question was what Socrates asked. What makes a good man Mm -hmm. and that was the most important question and we had to figure out how to act and behave and that was ethics and morality and then we had to understand the world around us that we live in and that was physics and math and biology and chemistry but none of those questions were more important than how do i be a good ryan a good daniel a good father a good child. And now and now yeah, now it seems like because and I'm going to try to phrase this right, because social equity is almost a religion. Yes. Those things that were that we all kind of decided were good. Like how, how do you be a good husband? How do you be a good man, a good woman, a good whatever? those things are being flipped on their heads because if if what is considered good makes somebody who's being bad feel bad yeah then that's not good anymore right so i, I it, it is it's interesting that science and religion have you know i think yeah we 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 touched on this at one point they were not in contention with each other right no the 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 monasteries were full of brilliant i mean gregor mendel the mm-hmm. father of genetics yeah was a was a catholic monk 
This is, I mean, I mean, it was Einstein who was like, yeah, the more that I try to understand the universe, the more that I have to believe that there's a God. Right. And I mean, so, well, why are things ordered? Why aren't right. things, okay, I mean, if it's all just matter colliding with each other, why does matter have any rhyme or reason to it? Why yeah, the, the universe structure? is the only time in science that you're allowed to say, yeah, order comes from chaos. Right. Now. Because yeah. now, yeah, then it was, I'm, I'm trying to like, the, the midpoint was, yeah, like now science and you, you're either going to trust God or you're going to trust the science. And those right. are two very different things. But then the reality, though, is that now science has become its own religion. Right. And that's why they say trust the science. Yeah. Like just like if you were to go up that's to like, the faith. you know, the old the old lady in your church with the purple hair and you're like, yeah, I'm struggling with this. And she's she's, she's not going to give you any helpful answer. She's just going to, well, just trust God. Just trust God. When it's like, well, that's actually what does it mean to trust God? What yeah. does it mean to have faith? And now it's the same way with science. Well, just trust the science. Well, well what does that mean? Right. What science? What does it mean to have this thing tested and broken down and, and be reliable? And <sighs> so, so if, if there's if there's a we'll get back we'll get back to the surveillance now, I guess. If oh yeah, if there is if there is a system which we are trusting to process all of this data about things that we do, all of our interests. Um, and now if there, I, you know, nobody, maybe, maybe we've never needed to have a, a white and black dome on the corner of a building because eh, I know exactly, I know oh, exactly no. where Daniel is right now. I know. Why, it's crazy. why have the camera turned on or why isn't the camera turned off? I know, is that off? just social? Is that just a social idea at this point? Like. That the cameras are there, you know. It's just right. like it's more. It, it really is just a check because it's like we have you anyway. Right. It's it's a it's a it's a soft tyranny. It's not Minority Report where we've all we've right. all just accepted that. Well, yeah, they they scan my eyes and they track my movements because they need to know where the criminals are going or help us find the criminals before they can commit crime. No, it's. It's happening all the time anyway. Have you heard about the... I, we, we have a good amount of time. Have you heard about the line? L-I-M-E? The L-I-N-E, the line. The line. I don't know the line. So in Saudi Arabia, mm. they are talking about... I, I, I think they've moved beyond talking about it. I think now there's like further steps. But the prince of Saudi Arabia is planning on building a city. Yes. And it is a straight line. It's like 130 kilometers or something. Oh, this sounds familiar. And Go um, on. They're, so they're going to build this city. Yeah. And it's a big straight line in the middle of the desert. And it's mirrored on either side. But inside of it is going to be this like perfect society. Ah. And it's one avenue. There's no intersecting streets in the entire thing. It's one straight line. And there's three levels. The bottom level is the transit system where you can get on the train and you can get to the other side in however many minutes. The second level is like, um, you know, homes and businesses. Each little area, it's going to be divided into like sections. So no matter where you live, within a five-minute walking distance, you could get to food, you know, uh, medical, medical childcare, education, all those yeah. things within a five minute, everybody, no matter where you are in the line, you could get to it within a five minute walking distance. And then on the top tier is actually going to be like greenery. The whole top of it is going to be green. Mm -hmm. And then it's open at the top to allow for 
like airflow, obviously, but inside it will be a perfectly regulated like climate at all times. Wow. And where it started to get, I mean, that alone is very like, that's that's the plot of a movie. Yeah, this is a science fiction we're story. We're like right outside of the wall. People are eating each other. Yeah. But inside the wall, like everybody's in a gray smock. And yeah. they're just like, good morning. Yeah. It's so wonderful to see you today. That's right. I hope that your social score is up. Um, but they talk about like the entire thing is going to be run by AI pretty much. Like it's going to be this very kind of autonomous, like everything is going to be scanned yeah. and surveilled at all times mm-hmm. so that everything is convenient. But it's like, to me, like that just Which sounds... has been the pitch for how to get access to your whole life on your phone. They, I know. Nobody, I know. Nobody had to, nobody had to put this a gun to your head. Right. Oh, yeah. To get you to get this, you thought, well, I want to be able to get my GPS, my email, my online shopping, my video calls to my out-of-state relatives. That would be really convenient. Right. Or um, I want to know as much as humanly possible about my family line and my bloodline. Yes. So I'm going to be sent a package where I swab my own mouth and then mail it back in. I'm going to give my DNA. How convenient that's great yeah it's like i just this stuff like it is it some people will call it like oh your conspiracies and your but it's just it's it's george orwell like it's just so it's so right there it's just like we don't have to force you to do something if we just you wanted to do just make it marketable yeah you want this yeah it's like yeah if somebody knocked on your door tomorrow and was like we're going to swab your mouth. We need the DNA of every person in your house. You'd be like, get the hell out of here. Yeah. But if they mail it to you in a pretty package and they say, hey, do you want to know and, where your ancestors are And charge me $100 and for And charge you $100. You're going to buy I'm getting a service. You're paying to give your DNA away. It's just crazy. You're paying $1,000 to have every movement, every thought, every interest, every desire there logged was, in the cloud. There was a great article about... Um, uh, so to the credit of, of the Zoomers of starting Luddite clubs in their schools and in their neighborhoods where they are, you know, it's like a unofficial pact. I don't think anybody has a pact. But if you want to join, go get a flip phone. And we're going to meet at the park on Thursdays at 7 o'clock. And we're going to hang out and play catch and read books. And you can come be a Luddite with us. Huh. Um, and it's sort of a, you know, a, a, a counter-cultural movement to a lot of the kids saying, you know, I watch my parents, they come home from work and they put their feet up and they turn the TV on and then they stare at their smartphone and that's it. And that's not what I want to do. Mm-hmm. So they go out and they join a Luddite club. Dang. I could, I've, I've thought about getting like the, uh, there's one, now we are almost out of time, but there's one called, it's, I think it's called the light phone. Yeah. And it's just like a, it's a little rectangle. It's almost the size of a credit card. Okay. And it just has the ability to call. Yes. Text. Yes. Maps. But there's no social media. There's no anything. Else. Like it's just the essentials. Yeah. And it's just so funny to me that, yeah, we're already at that point in our, in our time in history. Right. Like I remember having snake on my phone you yes. know a little black and white helicopter <laughs> oh yeah and we're already at the point now where everything is so advanced that it's actually 
there is a um it's sexy to be simple again yeah how yeah. crazy is that history is a flat circle history is a flat circle and so is the earth there just kidding. Oh no. <laughs> just Sp- kidding. Speaking of the algorithm convincing just people kidding. of things. <laughs> well, on that note, Daniel, thank you so much for being back on the podcast. We're right at the end My here. My pleasure. Let's I... go eat some really good scratch. Let's figure out what high low mid scratch chicken. <laughs> Uh, thank you for listening everybody if you're interested we do have a Patreon that'll be linked uh, after this episode you can join at any tier it buys us uh, some coffee and that's that's about it and come, you'll- come support these guys that way they can have a teenage intern pull up oh, articles and please. names this please. is the production value <laughs> that all of you get to invest in this is the opportunity of a lifetime an offer you can't refuse. I couldn't think of a better way to end it. Thank you, Daniel. Thank you, Ryan. Love you all. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. And have a great day at work, everybody listening to this the same way I do. Oh, that's perfect. <laughs>